in the faith. But Daniel chapter 5, verse 1, starts out, it says, Belshazzar, the king, made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, while he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princesses, his wives and his concubines might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem. And the king and the, his princesses and his wives and his concubines drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood, and of stone. In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed. His thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his loins were loosed and his knees smote one against another. Y'all know what that means, don't you? The king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. And the king spake and said to the wise men of Babylon, Whosoever shall read this writing and show me the interpretation thereof shall be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about his neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. You may be seated. Y'all thought that was only in a cartoon where knees buckled together, right? What would you uh, do if you saw fingers from a hand writing on a wall? Not, I mean, one thing, you see fingers. The next thing, what, that, what they're writing. One thing for sure, we must truly understand these are critical and crucial times. We may not literally see fingers, but the writing is on the wall. What God wants us to do is plain and clear. What we want to talk about this morning where do you want to be when Jesus comes? We want to subtitle this, Where Are You Right Now? Where do you want to be when Jesus comes? But what's most important is, where are you right now? When we look at verse 4, it said, They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood, and of stone. God's people are eating and drinking and rising up to play today. They are engaging in things that please not Father God. Amen. They are going back to the times of Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. Let's read again what the king said in verse 7. The king cried aloud to bring the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. And the kings spake and said to the wise men of Babylon, Whosoever shall read 
this writing and show me the interpretation thereof shall be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about his neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Today, God has given us pastors according to his heart Amen. that will feed us with knowledge and understanding. What we need is already written. And he has given his spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth. All the magicians, politicians, all the astrologers, soothsayers cannot help us with what is coming on this earth. Those who seek his face and speak his word are the ones we listen to. These are the ones that are attached to God's heart. Now, let me ask this. How many of you are convinced Jesus is coming back? Amen. How many believe he's coming back soon? Amen. But did you know in order to believe he's coming back, you first must believe he has been here already? Amen. Huh? There are Jews and others that think he has not been here yet. They are still looking for his first coming. They're preparing the lamb sacrifice. But the rest of the world is off course. Many don't believe in him at all. They believe and think Jesus was just a man. They're sitting back eating and drinking, having a good time, not believing, but are worshiping the devil. This would be a bit cruel and rough to receive. But Jesus is not coming back for the stupid and silly. He died and is coming for the serious and sincere. Amen. Now let's look at Matthew chapter 24. In many situations they say that Daniel and Matthew talk to each other. Matthew 24 and I'm going to start with verse 4. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Take heed that no man deceive you. Many are being deceived today. The word deceive means to mislead the mind, to cause to believe what is false, to cause to error. A lot of people are being misled and erred or are erring because of what is being broadcast. They believe what is false. Satan wants to be, wants to mislead you. He wants to, you to believe a lie and error that your soul can be lost. Verse 5 says, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And shall deceive many. It says many shall come in my name. There are many ways this is being done. We know about Jim Jones. And how he convinced the people to drink the Kool-Aid. And it killed them. But look at what it says in Acts chapter 5. Starting with verse 35. It says this. And said unto them. Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do 
as touching these men. This was a Pharisee who was a doctor of the law. He warned them of how they treated the disciples. And this is what he told them in verse 36. For before these days rose up Theatus, boasted himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, who were slain, and all as many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to naught. Can you see that happening today with certain situations? Verse 37 says, after this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing and drew away much people after him. He also perished and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. Saints, whatever is happening today, it's going to come to pass. It's going to fall right into place. But many are being deceived, so we must be careful who we listen to. People that are rising up today don't have to say, I am Christ, to deceive you. There are many imposters out there. An imposter is one who deceives you under an assumed name. They speak to your itchy ears and make false promises. Promising, promises that they cannot deliver or keep. They tell you God said when he didn't. They ask for your support. And your money. Their intentions is only to gratify themselves. It has been presented from the pulpit to the politicians. The president to the government. From the broadcasters on the news to your neighbor. Today we must know what the word says. Back to Matthew 24. Verse 6 and 7. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Anybody know anything about conflicts today? There are currently at least 32 countries in conflict. Threatening war in some kind of way. There are terrorist wars. This includes extremist groups who engage in violence to achieve their political goals. There are civil wars around the world. This includes political, economic, and social issues. Drug wars. Colombia and Mexico are experiencing this now. Ethnic violence war. This is a form of conflict that arises from tension. Tension between different ethnic groups, which cause violence and casualties. There are all kinds of wars that we do not even think about or know about. Verse 7 says, for nations shall rise against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. There shall be famine and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. We see that all over today. We see it coming and happening right now. It's not just Russia and Ukraine we must watch today. Amen. There's also Afghanistan and Ethiopia, the United States and China, the United States and Israel, Israel and the Palestines. Many nations are at odds with each other all over the world and are just short of going to war. Jesus told us in verse 8, all these things 
are the beginning of sorrow. Guess what's next? Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. More and more people are being killed. But it has not been for the name of Jesus yet. You see folks being killed for other reasons, for their own gratification and purposes. Not for Jesus. Hebrews tells us we have not yet resisted under blood. But the time is coming. Coming where we have to choose whose side we are on. Joshua said, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Do I have some Joshua's in here today? Me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We are at the stage now where you don't mention the name of Jesus. You, you don't mention it when you go to school. You don't see the name in school. We don't even worship him as we should. Not even in, 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 in academic schools that are for Christians only. You don't mention him on your job. You just do your job and go home. People talk about everything but Jesus. People are afraid to give thanks at the dinner table. Let, let, me, let, me, let me tell you what comes to mind. I remember when Sister Rise and I had opportunity to go to New York and, and with, with uh, I forget the preacher's name that we went to see. He had a, you remember who he is? The one that Cornelius sent us to? Dave Wilkerson. And we got an opportunity to, to sit and listen and and so on the way back, we had to take a flight, and, and the, the, the guy that picked us up, he was so surprised because he said, well, he said, I can get you there. He said, but what, what plane are you flying on? We said, spirit. He said, what? I mean, y'all Christians, you talking about flying on a spirit plane? Yeah, that's the name of the airplane. It's spirit. And it gave us an opportunity to just say something about Jesus. But see, folks... Don't want to make mention. Amen. You know, anybody else say, oh, we flying on that yellow plane, you know, it got one word on or something. But folks don't want to mention that name. Amen. Anybody remember the series, Fathers Knows Best? Everybody sat in the same room. Everybody ate at the same table. Everybody talked with one another. Today, we are lucky if you eat the same thing. You're alone in the same room at the same table at the same time. Everybody got their own separate meal. If you're going out to eat, well, I, I want to eat from Burger King. I want McDonald's. I, I want Wendy's. I want. Notice I ain't, ain't going to give you my famous I want. Whether it be China King or Longhorn. But everybody. Got their own separate place. People have hats and shirts with skulls and satanic pictures on them. And some of them are even worn by Christians. But you rarely see a Christian wearing a t-shirt that is talking about God, talking about Jesus, or talking about the word. Verse 10 says, 
And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Can you see this happening today? People being offended and betraying one another. It's happening every day. People are being offended and betraying one another. Some is, are offended about one thing and others are offended about another. Amen. It don't take much for people to be offended today. You, you say hi the wrong way. I ain't coming to you no more. You didn't say hi to me the right way. Don't you find yourself, or I'm going to say, do you find yourself getting easily offended for no reason at all? If you really think about it, when your offense comes, it wasn't worth two cents. I can count on my hand the times that I have even got upset and offended with my wife where it was worth it. Whether it meant anything. If you really think about it, you was just in your flesh. Amen. Not, not your spot. You was in your flesh. You got offended because your flesh got upset with something that you didn't want to do. Amen. That you knew you were supposed to do. But you wouldn't do. And you didn't do. So both of y'all got offended. Is that, how, is that what happened? Anybody? Look at verse 11. We can keep on. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Did you know when you are upset and offended, this is one of the easiest times for someone to deceive you? Amen. When you are offended, you are in your flesh. Your thoughts are natural. You are not thinking clear. All you're thinking about is what happened, what's going on, and somebody just slips right on in and give you something that ain't true. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Iniquity is wickedness. Abound means a great number. Because of the overwhelming sin and wickedness, because of the offense betrayal, the love of Christ has become cold in many. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. We must not be weary in well-doing. As God has suffered long for us, uh-oh, let us be patient with him. Be patient. What's that song? Be patient with me. God is not through with me. Well, be patient with your neighbor because he ain't through with him either. Be patient with your spouse. God is not through with them either. It may take some long suffering on your part for them to see the love of God. God's still good. Amen. Verse 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. The gospel's got to be preached. It's got to be preached all over. The gospel will continue to spread abroad and will continue to anger the world and Satan. 
but those who continue to believe shall be saved. We cannot give up. Don't jump off the ship. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where Christ has made you free. Be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage or your own understanding. It is your own understanding that gets you offended. All nations must know and will know what they have done. They have rejected the very one that could save them. I want you to listen to the profound statement Jesus spoke in John 12, 44. Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me, believeth not on me, but him that sent me. Do you know who sent Jesus? Huh? The Father sent him, but you can't even see the Father unless you see the Son. And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. Or he that understands me, understands the one that sent me. My father sent me to give you an understanding of what you didn't know. That salvation can come unto you. Yes, yes. That you be not offended. And I come my light into the world. That whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. It, that, that is what we need, right? Amen. We need salvation. Yeah. I don't need to cut somebody to come and tell me I'm stupid and done wrong because I already know that. Yeah. I was born in sin, shaping in iniquity. Yes. But Jesus came to deliver me from that sin and iniquity. Yeah. And he came by setting an example by living it. Yeah. Again, 47 said, and if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me and received not my words hath one that judges him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Do you hear what it's saying? The gospel is coming. The gospel is preached. The word is spoken, and if you reject it, you've rejected the word. You've rejected the very word that has come to give you the salvation that you need. The very word that is showing you how to see Jesus and see the Father. The very word that will set you free. For he who the Son has made free is free indeed. Before Jesus comes back, the world will know. The world will know. Let's go back to Matthew 24. The world will know what they have and have not done. Verse 15. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place whoso readeth let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. For us, we must clear our minds, free ourselves from the cares of this world and pleasures of life, 
We must cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. We must lift our eyes into the hills from which come our help. Because our help surely comes from the Lord. Verse 17 says that him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house. Let me, let me use this as an example. If your house is on fire and the alarm goes off and you see fire in front of you and the door is behind you, you would not go through the house to get your valuables. I got a few amens. What Jesus is trying to tell us, you see the fire. Quit focusing on your flesh or fleshly things as I rapidly approach you as you see the day coming. It is your soul that is of value, not your flesh. Quit looking on all the material things, trying to accumulate them and do the things that flesh wants to do. Seek the Lord. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things are what it is you need. It'll be added. But you got to seek me first. I know what you need and what you don't need. Huh? We all think that we, I, I know more what I need because I'm the one that, who made you? Who knows more about you? He understands your thoughts are far off. Let me ask, do you know what you're going to think tomorrow? He does. He knows. Do you know what you're going to do tomorrow? Even though he's supposed to say, Lord, it's where we live. He knows what you're going to do. In fact, some of the things you say you're going to do, he's going to show you, you ain't going to do that. Did you know you was going to get hit Thursday? <laughs> if he had known, he wouldn't have went that way. But God knew and took care of him. I thought I'd give one. I'd bless his name. Verse 18 says, or, or not verse 18, but the question or Jesus asked, he said, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lost his soul? What could a man give in exchange? What is a, so much value that you would give in exchange for your soul? My soul is worth much. There's nothing here that is more valuable than my soul. Amen. The world is not your shelter. Shelter and safety is in the word of God. Amen. Let's close with what Jesus says in Luke 12. Starting in verse 51. And I'm going to go back to the last two verses in Matthew uh, 24, verse 21, 22. But Luke 12, 51 through 53 says, Suppose you that I am come to give peace on earth. 
I tell you nay, but rather division. See, people were not in love with Jesus then, and they are not in love with him now. They don't want to do what he says we need to do. Flesh is always at war. Flesh is warring against the spirit. You know, I heard just in a conversation and a sister was saying, I I don't believe, I I don't believe you can be perfect here on this side of Jordan. The question is, Jesus said on this side of Jordan, be therefore perfect as your father is perfect in heaven. Do you think that he would ask you to do something that you can't do? Amen. Once again, he is the example. He said, be therefore. Paul said he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. No blemish. So if that's what he's coming back for, if that's what he told you to be, you can do it. Because I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Now, I'm going to say this. Even a perfect man will have struggles for the rest of his life. Job was a perfect and upright. Did he not have struggles? Adam was created perfect. Did he fall? So you can be, and the point is, no one can say when you are and when you are not, but God. But it is obtainable. There are many things that I have already perfected, but there are many things that I'm still working on. And only God can determine and say when I have reached those goals. And even in reaching them, Satan going to pop his head and try to unperfect me. Huh? This is a perfect unity between us. But guess what? Don't you know folks be trying to come between Sister Rose and I? It ain't going to happen. Every year becomes a stronger year. 52 years? Let me me throw it out there. I I know y'all know it. But if anybody hear this broadcast, do you think after 52 years that I'm going to decide to pick you? <laughs> or anybody? Amen, amen. No. Is she going to find someone else to take care of her like I do? Be her Uber driver? <laughs> take her everywhere she want to go and take a nap while she in there? All I'm saying is, you can make it. You can do it. Don't be weary in well-doing. Don't get upset if you fall because you have an advocate. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? When you make the mistake that you make, when you somebody pushes your button and you sound the alarm of that button that was pushed, repent. God, forgive me. 
Do you know when you ask for forgiveness and he forgive you, your slate just got wiped clean. You are starting over again in perfection. Now, I'm going to say this. Don't go walk around telling folks that you're perfect. Don't get a big head. Try it twice. You're going to find out just how much you got to work on your perfection. Okay, let's, let's, verse 52. For from henceforth there shall be five in one house, divided three against two and two against three. Now, I, I really looked at this uh, this morning. I said, wow, this is what this is saying. For verse 53 says, for the father shall be divided against the son. And the son against the father. The mother against the daughter. And the daughter against the mother. The mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law. The daughter-in-law against her mother. Notice 52 said three against two and two against three. Father against son. Mother against daughter. Mother-in-law against daughter-in-law. Guess what? We won. And they against the parents. You know what? Two against three. Three against two. That's why it's so important for fathers to bring your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, that there be no division, but communication. Yes, yes, Don't allow your children to come against you and turn you in Amen. and have you killed because the day is coming. It's just what's happening. Amen. Now I'm going to ask this. Parents, do your children... If you gave them the, 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 the liberty to come to church themselves, how many of them will come? Wow. Wow. Children, how many of you would come because you want to and not because you're forced to? Sheila is quiet because half the children are saying, I'm on here. My dad made me. I ain't, I ain't here because I wanted to come. I did. There are a few. Amen. Amen. And parents are saying, why well, I tell you, I, I, half the time I'm late because I'm trying to get them up and, and get them to come here. And I, uh, there's, already, there's already war because Amen. Amen. children don't want to come. And then on, on the same note, some children want to come and the parents don't want to get up. There's all kinds of... Oh, but do you know these are the last days? These are the days and times that we really need to get it together as, as God's people, that we need to really sit at his feet and hear his word. Amen. There's enough division in politics. There's enough division in the government. There's enough division with your government. Enough division with your, your mayor and, your, and, and all these other folks. There's too much division in the church. Amen. And we really need to sit at his feet and hear his word and listen to what he's saying. 
These are the last days and I'm coming back soon. All these signs you are seeing right now, from the earthquakes to the earth opening up and sinkholes coming, to the floods, to the fires, this is just the beginning. Amen. This has got to happen. Last but not least, in Matthew 24, 21 and 22, it says, For then shall be great, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor even shall be. Who would ever thought that we would be facing these things today? And this is just the beginning of sorrow. This is the beginning of what is to come. And look at what it says in the last, this last verse, 22. And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh to be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. God has got to shorten the days that we be not deceived or turn from the truth. Amen. I say again, where do you want to be when Jesus comes? And where are you right now? My time is up, and I thank you.